Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Well, today, Helen and I are joined by Tara Coley, who has seen great success in her property business. In fact, she used her nine-month pregnancy, followed by a further nine months of maternity leave to become fully financially free and generate a £10,000 per month passive income through property. So that's pretty good. That's pretty successful, pretty good going. And she also talks about having a very massive reason why. And you can probably imagine what that was, given the, the, the timing that was involved, let's say. And Tyra's developed um, and learned a lot over the years. And she shares she lots of tips with us around joint ventures, systems, delegation and outsourcing and life principles as well during the course of our conversation. So let's dive straight into that right now and hear how that goes. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. Well, here we are again. It's another episode of our Women in Property series for the Property Voice podcast. And uh, Helen and I are really pleased to have Tara Coley on the phone. Uh, I say on the phone, on the line, joining us today. Tara, you're, you're a property investor, but first of all, how are you? Are you well? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much, Richard and Helen, for inviting me to hang out with you guys today. I'm really excited to be here and just to have a good chat about women in property. Absolutely. Well, let's let's do that. Let's get going. I think we already had a bit of a chat beforehand, and I know I can kind of tell maybe some of the duration we might take from that. But um, what we really use, what we tend to ask our guests, you know, to start off with, is just to give us a bit of background to, about you and your story, and obviously from a, um, the emphasis being property. But I know that it hasn't always been property, so it's probably relevant to talk about some other things that you may have been involved in. Would that be okay, Tara? Yeah. Sure. 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 Shall I fire away? Please do. <laughs> yeah, okay. So um, I, I have a financial advising background, and that kind of happened by accident. Um, for my, my, you know, my family find it quite amusing that I actually ended up in financial services because I'm actually quite a, I guess, um, performing arts creative type. Um, but I, I kind of from a very young age really wanted to, you know, get to a place where I wasn't dependent on anyone for money um just mainly because if i'm really honest um we had a bit of a car crash childhood should i say um and we went from having a lot of money to having no money and um that kind of really changed my outlook on the world quite young and just feeling as though i never want to be in a place where i'm struggling and i want to make sure that i can look after mum and stuff like that so um when I finished school, I decided I would um, try to get a job that earned decent money. I was meant to go to university, but um, I am known as the alternative daughter for a reason. I kind of do everything a bit backwards. <laughs> um, and I decided to um, 
to 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 get into banking i remember flicking through the yellow pages and being like what should i do next what job should i apply for and um, i thought you know what let's work in a bank because hopefully i'll be able to earn a bit of money there um so i started off at 17 18 about 18 ish um as a cashier and um you know i had i had i didn't know what i wanted to do next but i remember seeing this um other woman walk into our branch who worked for, uh, who worked for the same bank and um she kind of was on her own terms she arrived when she wanted she left when she wanted she got to meet clients and um she also had a good chat and fun with the branch manager and i remember thinking i want her job and so she was probably one of the first role models i actually had um in my career um just kind of thinking well i kind of want that flexibility i want to have that kind of freedom and i want whatever she, you know whatever she does and i was told she was a financial advisor so um now in 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 the banking world it's mainly male dominated um that that, that particular role and i yeah decided to pursue it and it wasn't easy um but i became the youngest financial advisor at 19 working for that particular bank and then just progressed up the career ladder, really. So um, learned how to do mortgages and bought my first property at 19. And then by the time I hit 25, um, yeah, I was doing pretty well. Had a lovely office overlooking um, Oxford Circus and was one of the top performing financial advisors and was kind of thinking, what's next, you know? Um, so after that, I met my wonderful husband at, um, at work and um, we decided we wanted to start a family and I just knew that if I wanted to be the mum that I dreamt of being, which is being present, being at home, being a bit of a homemaker, um, I wouldn't be able to continue doing that job. Um, so having given people advice on investments, pensions and all those types of other asset classes, um, I knew that I wasn't going to get financial freedom that way. Um, and I thought that property would probably be the avenue I would um, explore. So I did my first sort of property, um, I guess, course or program that went really badly wrong. Um, so I ended up losing about £15,000 learning stuff that I guess looking back now, it's probably a little bit unethical and I didn't get anywhere with it. And um, I almost gave up. Um, and then I decided to, I think it was Progressive Properties that found me on an email. Yeah, I must have ended up on one of their lists. And I ended up going and doing some uh, learning through them. And yeah, after that point, um, I decided, yeah, property would be the the avenue I would pursue. And, and that's kind of how it all started for me, Richard. Fantastic. I, I, I can almost sense Helen wanting to dive into your... <laughs> family background um, oh go for it don't worry but, well i just let your brains there helen and because i know this is on your mind do you want to yeah absolutely and, and i'm also i note that um tara is not the first guest that we've interviewed this series who has um a, a, fi a background in finance as well so uh, it seems to be a really a really good kind of basis for people yes. to get the property investment from for, for obvious yeah. reasons mm -hmm. um so yeah um i guess i'd actually be quite interested now to talk about uh the strategy you chose to pursue and mm -hmm. also at what point 
um, so you, you had the bad experience with some training and then you had a, a better experience yeah. and how had that kind of fitted into your family life right so at that point at that I didn't point. have any children <laughs> um, and um, we I got married at 25 and I was still working at the bank and we decided we wanted to start a family I remember saying to my husband well I need to replace my income because I was earning six-figure salary, so I was doing quite well. Um, and I, I kind of said, well, I need to make £10,000 passive income um, before we start a family. Um, and then life has a way of kind of, you know, taking you down a completely different path. I fell pregnant a lot quicker than we'd expected. And so all of a sudden I kind of panicked and was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. I want to be at home with him um, and I don't want to go back to work. So I've got my nine months of pregnancy and then I had nine months of maternity. So I've got 18 months to do something and make this £10,000 passive income. Um, so I was kind of on this real focused journey of trying to replace my income. And that's where Progressive Properties came in. And I did, I did a lot of the educational stuff through them. And um, 18 months later, I achieved that. And so I handed in my notice oh. and, and never went back. <laughs> so that was kind of the start <laughs> of, of um, I almost killed myself during the 18 months sprint, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't recommend anyone to do it unless you had a really big why, but my why was, was I, my son. And so um, failure was an option. I, I knew I wouldn't see him if I continued in that role um, and so that 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 18 months basically I knew I needed to raise joint venture finance I do think it was an advantage that I had a financial services background because it just kind of meant that there was a little bit of trust but more trust perhaps like I think my main JV partner really trusted me even though she perhaps she didn't know me that well but because of my background maybe she felt a little bit safer working with me um, and so I raised 400,000 of JV finance um, pretty quickly and we were doing in South I'm a South London girl so that was my um, my local area um, so I decided to do buy refurb refinance so we'd buy a property usually ugly stuff like ex-local stuff uh, two bed three three bed properties um, and then we would add value to them so maybe um you know add an additional bedroom or add an ensuite or you know put the kitchen in the living room and or, or sort of something like that um and then we would six to nine months later refinance um and we just were buying a property a month and we were just going for it and well i was doing all the legwork my jv partner was completely hands-free um, and just obviously getting all the income back and stuff so she was happy but it was hard it was really hard work um but it was worth it you know <laughs> so um yeah i wouldn't i i don't regret it it was hard there was a lot of tears um but it you know i am where i am today because of that big push um just to, to pick on it uh, a little bit so you start well a couple of things there so you started with uh, jv finance money and the strategy was buy refurbished refinance yes the, was that all that you did or have you uh, diverged into different areas yeah, so once we, so once I did a few of those, I I, I felt as though um, because we were doing buy refurb finance to multi-let, I kind of knew what areas would work really well for multi-let. So it kind of made sense to scatter some rent to rents around the same areas that we were building a portfolio. So then we kicked off the rent to rent arm, um, and then we, um, I think it was YPN, they ran an article about. 
um, me achieving financial freedom in 18 months. And I had a lot of people wanting to, for me to replicate the buy, refurb, refinance strategy for them that I was doing. So um, that's where we started portfolio building as well, um, just to make it even, yeah, make life a little bit harder for myself. <laughs> I was already struggling, but um, yeah, we did a good job for those clients. Um, and then I, I think we, we did, I think for about two years, we did a lot of um, portfolio building and then I got to the point where I was like okay that's it I'm ready to just buy for myself and um you know keep on going with JV partners um so we kind of defaulted to that um and now you know that was uh, we've we've got about 200 tenants in London and I've since moved to the new forest and um Multi-lets and HMOs is not a strategy that would work in the forest. Um, so we're doing a lot of holiday lets and service accommodation and stuff um, down here now. And are you also, moved, sorry, Helen, uh, are you also doing commercial or, or larger projects? Yeah, so I've been involved in a couple of commercial to residential stuff, working with other developers um, because it's a, you know it's quite new to me um the first one that i did and yeah i've i've stopped doing so much of that strategy now um but i still invest a lot of my funds in commercial to resi options um and we are yeah we've done quite well out of of, of some of them um but the main focus at the moment is um mainly the holiday lets has been quite lucrative to us um on the south coast um in new forest so we're continuing with that so we're doing buy refurb refinance to holiday let rather than buy refurb refinance to multi-let ah great so you've done quite a few different um things along the line um it'd be great to hear your highs and lows and also sure. um, the biggest barriers and obstacles that you faced and particularly because this is a women in property series mm -hmm. any that you, you might have felt that you faced because you were a woman sure um, so I would say um, sort of the the moments that I look back on, I'm like, wow, that was, I can't believe I did that, was handed in my notice, um, you know, 18 months after deciding to to go down the property, go for it. Um, and then another big sort of win for us was um, helping my mum retire early because um, she just, this was something that I wanted to do from quite young. Um, so she retired early. We built a property portfolio for her. Um, and then the other thing was we wanted to live quite a transient lifestyle. So we now spend three to four months a year in Asia as a family. Um, and we work, we, we work, we continue working, but it just works really well for us. Um, and we travel a lot. So um, that's also been a massive thing that I said to my husband, you know, if we was to design our dream life, what would it look like? And not being in the UK for the full year was was part of that and so for the last I think this would be the third year we've traveled the world and we've ended up now deciding to just mainly stick to Asia because the time difference works really well with work over here in the UK so when the kids go to sleep um the UK is still kind of just um waking up and stuff so it, it works really well <laughs> Perfect. And maybe on the flip side, um, anything? Yeah, the flip side, things, um, so challenges wise. Um, so I have had a few things where I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's um, being treated differently because I'm a woman, um, but I have had some assumptions, I guess, made about me um, when I'm 
you know, going about my day to day, um, people will assume that, um, you know, when they find out that I've got a property portfolio and what, what I've done, they they are very surprised. It might be because I'm a woman. It might be because I'm young. It might be, I don't know, I, it could be various different things. I've also faced quite a lot of backlash if I'm doing a development in a particular area. Um, it's you know, I do think some neighbours might find it quite difficult when they've they've been okay on the phone and when they've um, when they've spoken to my husband, but when they've seen me, it's been a bit of a oh, it's actually your properties and your development and kind of things have changed a little bit. So I don't know. I mean, sometimes I try not to focus on mm. are they treating me differently because I'm a woman or is it just because you know um, it's something else? So I, I, yeah. I don't know. It could be that. Um, and some of the things, you know, some some assumptions that get made, I do sometimes just get a little bit like, OK, that was a bit weird. Um, and I know that that person didn't have the same issue. Um, so there's that, too. Um, and yeah, also biggest learning, I would say, would be um, contracts, contracts, contracts. I think in my early days, I was quite trusting with JV partners and just keeping to, well, it sounds silly saying it out loud because, of course, you should have a contract if you're working with someone. And I knew that. Um, but I think sometimes when you get on so well with people, it's easy to come back to that later or we'll tie that up yeah. before this, before the sale goes through. And things get busy and then you know I've had a, a few, one occasion where um, I was quite surprised at a particular person's character and they didn't they didn't end up doing what we agreed and I lost a deal so it was one of those things where I just said you know what I'm not going to fight you for it keep it no problem I'm just won't work with you again um, but contracts now have saved me on so many levels with so many different things just making sure that you You've got everything watertight and ironclads and everyone knows where they stand um, because there's a lot of money at stake. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you say you say it's um, I mean, there's quite a few things actually you talked about there, Tara, that I think I would like to come back on. But maybe start with the last point about contracts. I mean, I always mm. say this to mm -hmm. people. And um, but it is also one of the things, you know, it's a detail, isn't it? It's like boring. Yeah. It's, you know, maybe yeah. a cost as well if you get it drawn up legally, professionally, which is advisable. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and then you work with someone um, and it could be it could be a family member even or a friend mm -hmm. and you just don't mm -hmm. expect mm -hmm. that perhaps you know the worst mm -hmm. can happen and guess what the worst happens you know it's like yeah so you've got, yeah you, you yeah have, to have something to fall back on so it's not that there's a lack of trust okay. I think it's just a case of hang on what have we really agreed that let's put it in writing and they go oh actually I didn't put it in that. writing yeah really good 100%. advice really good advice I yeah. think um just about wind back a little bit um about what you said about you know, working with uh, joint venture partners and raising mm -hmm. the money mm -hmm. that you raise so soon, mm -hmm. actually. Um, mm -hmm. I think, you know, you haven't had the advantage of hearing what a lot of other people I've been speaking to on this series. In fact, another one I'm planning have been talking mm -hmm. about. But effectively, access to capital or third party mm -hmm. money of some description seems to mm -hmm. be a bit of a thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, in terms of growth, that is. So mm -hmm. how how would you how did you go about that, especially raising that mm -hmm. first you know lump? Because people always talk yeah. about track record, reputation, case studies, all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So with I that? didn't really. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I had I bought two properties. One when I was nineteen. One when I was twenty-two. But they're not. They weren't thought about. They were just one was to live in, and another one I thought would make sense. I, I hadn't had any training looking at them now. Although they've done really well because they're in London, 
um, I wouldn't buy them. Um, you know, they wouldn't be what I would buy now. Um, so that first 400K, I'll tell you how it happened. So I was just out, I was on, um, just trying to give advice really. Some, um, like I, I, I got my, my knowledge and my learning through some training, which was expensive. And I guess I felt as though all the pieces had finally come together. And I just thought that I would hang out on some of the property um, circuits and on forums and stuff and just answer some questions that people were struggling with. And I think also with my financial advising cap, because that's what I I did for so long, it's quite I, I I'm quite comfortable with just talking about money and talking about investments and stuff. And um, it was a it was a woman who um, said to me, "Um, thanks for that. Can we meet for a coffee?" And I just thought, oh, right, like I was so busy, I you know, and I should I shouldn't I should I you know, and I did, and she grilled me. I didn't realize that she was obviously deciding weighing me up and asking me what you know yeah. millions of questions interview, yeah. an interview here <laughs> yeah. um she didn't let me know that she had any money at all and then at the end she said well i've got 400k to invest and i'd really like to work with you and um to be honest it was a, one of those wow moments but really you know are you pulling my leg or are you just saying that um so i remember going home speaking to my husband and just sort of saying all right well let's try her with one deal and see if she it actually works you know because a lot of people in life will say stuff but when it comes to the actual follow-through i think we've all had occasions where people have let us down um and yeah she she delivered we worked together we bought the first one and i thought wow and then we just kept on buying and um that was the start of my journey so what I've learned from that is don't judge a book by its cover um, and, you know, do give valuable advice to people and help people along the way and believe in yourself. Because when she was asking me a million questions, there were uncomfortable questions. I was like, oh, you know, this is quite intrusive. Um, but I confidently asked, answered them. And I think that the confidence definitely because she asked me you know what would you do in London or what where would you invest and what style of property etc etc and I already had all of that sussed out it wasn't a case of oh I don't know maybe a bit of this maybe a bit of that I knew exactly what strategy I would do what I would buy what it would give me the returns the yields the ROI and I think that helped um, so be prepared I guess very good answers a really good point mm. i think um yeah it's a really good point to, to be prepared and yeah. know your stuff yeah yeah going to be much more likely to partner with you yeah exactly i mean i i i i invest in other people's projects now um just to diversify some of our funds and i can usually tell quite quickly if somebody kind of knows their stuff or they don't you know um <laughs> so i think i think i'd be i'm happy to invest potentially look at investing in somebody that's quite new into property if I believe in them and I believe that they know what they're talking about and obviously their model makes sense to me um but yeah don't wing it um and then since then I I raise you know I, I do raise quite a lot of joint venture finance for a lot of the commercial stuff we've done and also for our projects down here now you know we do have investors um who have worked with us again and again um and it's just worked out really, really well. Um, and I think it's just a case of 
making sure that they everything is completely transparent you know you keep the communication open you get the contracts in place um <laughs> and just build those relationships as well because um yeah you really can make a lot of money in property and a lot of my investors there they've done really well from our, our projects and i want to keep on doing that um for them and with them and obviously to continue to build our, our portfolio so you we've talked um, about quite a lot of your different activities in property mm. out of all of them um mm. what would you say were your greatest successes and maybe would you give us a bit of insight into your biggest failure or mishap at least sure um so i would say the the, the stuff i mean i've done some exciting stuff but i think the stuff that i'm quite proud of is when we started replicating the buy refurb refurb refinance model on our residential home so we initially started with a property a flat in london and um, we refurbished that and then we refinanced that and we were able to buy, um, so that property was about 300,000 we bought it for. Um, and then we refurbed it, refinanced it at 600 and bought a 800,000 pound house, um, uh, end of terrace, Victorian beautiful house um, in, in South London. And that was supposed to be our forever home. We, ref we refurbed that and then it got valued at 1.2. Um, and then we refinanced that and we moved to the new forest. And then we referred that, you know, so we keep on going with it. And I just think, wow, like it's not just for investment. You can also do it on your own home and start living in some really beautiful properties just using that one deposit. Um, so that I'm quite proud of. Um, and, uh, as you know, sometimes when I we still own all of the properties and, you know, when I go and I see them and I'm like, you know, these are these aren't properties that I would normally buy because they're yield wise, don't really make sense, but um, they're, you know, little jewels in the portfolio, some nice ones to pass on to the kids that, um, yeah, I'm quite proud of. So, so there's that. Um, in terms of um, stuff that I'm thinking falling flat on my face failed, um, <laughs> I wouldn't say there hasn't really been a, a really bad project or something that hasn't made money because I think there's loads of exit strategies and you should always have a ABC, DEF, you know, strategy <laughs> of everything. Um, but I would say, um, yeah, I think in, initially, so I got very bogged down with trying to find a decent agent for my multi-lets in London and rent to rents. And um, I ended up pulling my hair out with people and agencies that just didn't keep those voids low, wasn't looking at the detail. It was just a nightmare. So I had to bring it in house. And this is in that first 18 months of me building the portfolio and already having a lot going on. And um, I had no I had no understanding of what systems I needed. And, you know, it was a huge learning curve. And um, we still we still manage all of them now and the systems are all in place and it works really well. Um, but it it's, it's that that side of my business I hate <laughs> I'm just like I really do not like that side of the business but I've still yet to find a really quality multi-let HMO agency um where, where our properties are so we've just continued with it um but that that to me was a failure in a way because it did hold me back and it did cause a lot of stress 
um i'm not sure what i would have done differently um because i oh, kind of had to you know that. do what i had to do um, <laughs> yeah. to I, I guess I, I you know i had to make lemonade out of the situation and we you know we yeah we they're all managed and working well now but um yeah that really the, the management of hmos and stuff it isn't easy <laughs> so, so that's that's probably i i, I yeah a big learning curve so, for me um I'd like to come back a bit if I can. And, you know, sure. I think the bit you said about your own home and I think yeah. that it's grossly underestimated, actually, isn't it? The, mm -hmm. you know, as a strategy, effectively, if you want to look at it that way, because who yeah. wants to think of their own home as a sort of investment strategy? But you know, at the end of the day, there's so many advantages. You know, you don't pay tax on any gain. You, probably get, yeah. you can get lower deposits. It's usually a less yeah. cost to finance. Mm -hmm. um you know you can definitely oversee the works you know so mm -hmm. yeah 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 no definitely i i, I agree on. i mean that the buy February finance strategy in your own home is I, I haven't really i don't really know many people that have, have done it but i'm sure they do um but it is it is a bit of a no-brainer so I, I i really i i thought that we'd have a forever home and be settled somewhere forever um but uh, we kind of now I see I see our home as you know it serves us for a season for particular schools or um, well at the moment it is the schools mm. um, and when when that when the kids finish primary school we will probably uproot again depending upon what schools meet their individual needs and where that might be so I'm not tied to a particular place I do just see you know we do live in beautiful homes and it is you know um, a lovely place for them to grow up wherever we are but um, yeah. I'm, I'm over the whole forever home thing and we'll just, yeah, if I can get, um, keep us moving, um, you know, raising, pulling money out of our, our properties and, um, yeah, also building the portfolio and yeah, it, it's a win-win. Yeah, I agree. And especially in the current climate, you know, tax breaks for buy to let landlords have been squeezed, haven't they? So, but, um, and they're, they're going to be squeezed on people who, um, turn their home into a rental property as well, as you're sure you're aware. But, you know, there's, yeah. still, there's still a lot of merit in that. But on the, yeah. um, on the agency side, I'm really glad you mm -hmm. said what you said, you know, Tara, because, um, uh, first of all, I hate that too, but I'm, yeah. I'm taking on more and more of my portfolio to be under self-management. I've got a bit of a hybrid at the moment. I was 100% mm -hmm. agency and now, mm -hmm. like I say, a hybrid. So I, I, I hate it. I don't like it. Um, it's not me. And maybe there's something to be said about uh, playing to your strengths and all that. But um, mm -hmm. how, you, you said you didn't do it, but you did actually, because you said you talked about systems. Um, yeah. And, and I think you also said we. Um, so there's maybe more than you managing it, if uh, if I interpret yeah. that correctly. So is that is that, you know, are those cues and clues correct did i pick up on that correctly? yes no exactly and it is it uh, thank, thankfully i don't get that involved um with the property management side of things but i have a team virtual team um who've worked with me for a long time um uh, a lot of them are based in pakistan and um i've also got some uh, some ladies on the ground so they will do whatever's necessary on the ground some representatives but majority of it is remote um, in terms of my team and um they're brilliant so i think the hard the hardest part was finding brilliant team members and training them to to look after the portfolio um the way that i i wanted it i wanted them to and um now it's pretty seamless um so there were only you know 
um, ask me questions if something is a little bit, you know, they're not sure how to deal with it. Um, but that's it'll take me less than sort of, I guess, an, uh, half an hour, an hour a week, worst case. Um, so for the amount of tenants we have, it, yeah, it, it's finally we've it's worked out really, really well. Um, so yeah, systems, 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 hundred percent, and people having the right because you can have great systems, but if you don't have the right people running them, then they're not great systems. So it's finding the right um, key players um, and knowing how to recruit them, how to find them, how to keep them. So yeah. Yeah, I was pausing to let you jump in, Helen. Sorry. I can carry on. I can carry on. <laughs> no, no. Let me do that. Actually, I'm dying. I can't help myself. Sorry. So on, on the system side of it, um, yeah. have you got any particular tips there? Because, you know, people talk about processes and systems. You know, do you have any like killer apps or do you have, uh, you know, a, a book reference or do you have a, a go to person? And, you know, things like that that can help people with, you know, setting up systems for their business, systemizing generally. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of you know, I learn myself, but in, in terms of um, just letting go and leveraging, so we've got a um, co-answering service, I use Asana a lot, I use Evernotes a lot, we use Arthur, obviously zero for bookkeeping, um, we've got, um, what else have we got? We've got all of our, you know, we're completely paperless, so all of the posts goes to a central base, get scanned, and, and, and you know, we're able to just, because I travel a lot as well, um, catch things and manage things that way. Um, and, yeah, everything that can be streamlined and moved online, you know, we do. Um, and, yeah, it, it works. It works really well. I probably missed a million different things. But, you know, mainly the, I, I think I think most people probably know of the key ones. But I can't live without Evernote. I can't live without Google Drive. I can't live without Dropbox. I can't live without Asana. Um, and those are my key. And WhatsApp, of course, as well. Um, but, yeah, as long as I've got those, I can be anywhere and quite happy. And obviously my banking apps. Um, so, <laughs> Looking your ball out, you're yeah. easy speaking. <laughs> what is the what you use for this, the um, the scan and sync documents all over the place? What's that one? Um, it's called UK Postbox. Okay. So I've used them for years, and um, you you get a UK address and um, everything gets scanned there, and you can decide to shred it, file it, forward it on to someone, email it, can do everything, um, and it's just brilliant because it just means that I can get a virtual person to go through all of my posts, save it, get rid of it, you know, or do something with it. Um, and I've got people who can make phone calls for me. Um, so I've got a team that will make phone calls, a team that will do my scanning stuff, emails, um, who go through my email stuff and just give me the, cause I'm, I mean, I'm being a mum, life is so busy and it's just like, I don't want to be bogged down doing loads of paperworky stuff. I want to be out there you know, um, doing stuff that's going to continue to build our asset base and, um, yeah, help my kids to have better future, a better future, not bogged down with, you know, calling British Gas or, you know, <laughs> which I used to do. I used to spend hours on hold. But, um, you know, you get there, don't you? I mean, I know. I'm sorry, Helen, if you have got you've got bated breath to dive in. But uh, have either of us read um, Roger Hamilton's The uh, Millionaire Master Plan? Um, Ooh, I haven't read that one. Okay, well, ba basically, he talks about this lighthouse um, of growing a business in in that book, and how you move from one level, 
you know, we, we basically start as an employee, then you go to a solopreneur, then you become, you know, have a team and then you da 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 da, you know, moving up. And then how you have to flip flop and change as you go through different stages. Um, and what makes you successful at one stage is not going to make you successful at another stage. And yeah. it strikes me, perhaps listening to you, Tara, that you've kind of been mo moving your way up that lighthouse. Um, and mm. of course, now you've got systems and people in place to replace mm. maybe I'm imagining what you were doing over those first 18 months. Um, yeah, I exactly. guess you didn't have all those systems in place or not necessary to that extent. Um, you, is it, have you progressed in that sense over, the, over time as your business and portfolio has expanded? Definitely. I mean, I'm, um, it, it takes a while to get to get your rhythm and find your flow. And then, you know, obviously being a mum, it's, you know, a kid gets sick or something and then it all just comes out sinking and then you're back trying to pull it all back together. And then, you know, it's it's life is never I, I'd love to say every day look the same for me. But um, I think the systems have allowed me to just have more flexibility, be able to let go a bit more. Um, and, you know, be able because I used to try to do everything myself because nobody could do it as well as me. But now I've learned, no, Tara, you have your strengths and other people are a lot better at different things um, that perhaps I'm not so good at. So let go um, and allow people the freedom to, to, to kind of step up to the plate and show me what they can do. So, um, yeah, I've, I've managed to see I've got I've got some. Yeah, my team, if they listen to this, they're great. I, I don't know where I'd be without them, to be honest. Um, they're absolutely brilliant. Ah, that's um, that's fantastic. I, I know for me, I'm a control freak, and I really don't like letting things go. But mm. it's really hard. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do it though. <laughs> and also with like the, with the sort of perfectionism. Again, that's um, that's something I think we as business owners can get a bit bogged down by. And there mm. comes a point when you just have to draw a line and say, okay, over to you. Off yeah. it goes. <laughs> yeah. no, exactly. So um, I, mean, I think we probably have quite a good idea of what your principles and values will be. Um, but um, but let's hear in your own words, what would you say your, your most important principles and values are? And are there things that you might do differently or uh, and are there conversely things you'd never change about how how you approach um, property and, and your life in general yeah so I think my one of my biggest principles is to um, ensure that I have balance and um, don't burn myself out so just making sure that I I like I love just keeping things simple now you know um, simplifying as it, 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 it and just keeping things um, as, as simple as I can um, just because of the season that I'm in um, integrity is very important to me um, mm. and also just remembering um, to ensure that I look after myself so I think it's important as a woman we always tend to look after other people um, and we're kind of at the, the right at the bottom there and um, then we realize we're a bit burnt out and then we get sick and then we're like ah oh, yeah I need to yeah. kind of you know look after me so what I've learned is that it's great to make money in property it's great to keep on climbing um, but just making sure that the ladders against the right wall um, and just regrouping making sure that you know it's not every shiny penny um, I, I, I need to run after and I've also learned 
I guess one big value of mine now is to say no. And I say no a lot. <laughs> I do say no a lot. Sometimes I feel so bad. I just feel like I'm always saying no, but I have to, um, you know, there, my, my time is, is so precious. Um, and I have to be quite selfish with it because of what's important to me. Um, and that's obviously my, my family and um, creating special memories with my kids. Um, and the portfolio is great, but um, yeah, it's, it's not the all, you know? Um, so it's kind of keeping it in its right place and making sure that mum's okay, I'm okay, wife's okay, house is okay, everyone's happy. Um, so yeah. I think it's a really important lesson, isn't it, to to kind of main to set those boundaries and then work really hard at maintaining them. Yes, mm. and that's the thing. I've, I meet a lot of people. I can call them. They always answer their phone. I can message them. They respond in minutes. Mm. And I just think I can't. I can't run my life that way. You know, I rarely answer the phone, and that's because. Um, unless I'm expecting the call, I won't answer it because I've, I'm focused. I've got times when I have to be really focused with some of the stuff I'm doing. Um, and also I don't have, you know, I can't work all day long because I've got, I, I've got different hats I need to put on at different times of the day. So the quiet time that I do get, you know, is it has to be switched off, no solicitations, phone off, focus. Um, and I tend to be able to get quite a lot done that way. Um, so yeah, I, th I think those are those are the key things that are that are very very valuable to me and that that mean the most to me right now. That might change in the future, but yeah. I think um, the, you talk about change there, and I think that's relevant, isn't mm -hmm. it? Because probably where you started, you were you probably didn't have the phone switched off or the notifications switched off, and you've been able to build a team around you and systems around you so that you can delegate and outsource to other people. And then you mm -hmm. don't need to, hopefully. And then you, you, I was reading an article today, funny enough, digression here, Richard, but you know, yes, about um, time management is actually part of the, is a part of the problem, not part of the solution. Um, mm -hmm. And the emphasis was all about attention, where we, we mm -hmm. channel our attention. So don't think in chunks of time, think in chunks of importance, you know, where we focus our attention. And I need to take my own medicine here. Absolutely. I was kind of going, yeah, I'm the one answering <laughs> that thing at uh, five to 11, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> probably the, the reason for jumping in and, and that is, is whether you have any sort of general tips or, you know, life lessons, business property lessons, et cetera, that you could hand out. And I guess yeah. maybe with a particular emphasis on, a, on, on the women theme again. Um, yeah. I'm, sure. I'm learning a lot too, by the way. You know, I, I don't think it's, any of this is exclusive to a gender necessarily. So, um, but mm -hmm. we're trying mm -hmm. to give, the, you know, the women's voice here. So, mm -hmm. By all means, mm -hmm. you know, take full advantage of that. So, yeah, general tips. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I tend to ensure that I um, manage first, leverage second, do last. So the first thing that I'll do during my day is manage my team and then give them things to do. So the leverage part and then the last part is do. So I often feel like I have all the projects on the go and they everyone's got the the clarity that they need to do various different things so definitely that all comes under outsourcing um i'd say get support you know it, it can be a lonely journey and making sure that you've got the right people around you not just property mentors but maybe business mentors um i think it's also great to have other women around you that you um maybe been down the road that you want to go down who can come alongside you and encourage you and help you so 
Um, I was asked to do mentoring for quite a long time. I just kept on saying, no, 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 no. Um, and, you know, only this sort of last couple of years, I've been able to take on just a handful and that's all I want. And um, it's been great because a lot of these, the, my mentees are women and they, they're also mums and they're also very busy. And I can, I just so, and they really want to, you know, get their time back, get financial freedom and try to make a better life for their families. And um, yeah, it's it's been a pleasure trying and helping them because I know exactly what they're going through. You know, I know where they've been. I know what their day's like. I can, I get the pain when they tell me someone's sick or when this didn't go right or they're juggling ABC. So yeah, definitely you need support. You need other people encouraging you. Um, don't, don't downplay your strengths. So I know a lot of, um, a lot of people who um, just are brilliant, absolutely amazing women, but they wouldn't tell anybody what, they, what they're great at or they would feel uncomfortable. Maybe it's a British thing, I don't know, um, sharing what their, their strengths are. Um, also, definitely have a massive why. I know obviously we hear about having a big why all the time. But it's got to really get you out of bed and make you want to go for it. And, um, you know, I think that was my that was that was my catalyst for achieving what I achieved in that first 18 months was I just really wanted to be the mum that I had envis envisaged and dreamed of being. Um, don't beat yourself up. You know, I, I have that voice in my head like a lot of other I think most people do where you're just kind of oh you can't do that or that didn't go right or what did that person think of me or you know overthinking things and I just think mm. there's a there is a place for that but also remember to have that those those quiet times of gratitude and remembering the things that you have achieved and you know trying to um I've got a Facebook group called Wildly Simply Free um which is all about creating you know living a wild a wild your wildest dreams and keeping things um remembering that the most important things tend to be the simple things and also you know having the freedom to do the things that you love um on your own terms um and this is the kind of stuff that we talk about in the group a lot and I kind of push a lot it's just you know remembering to um yeah have remember remembering how great you are remembering to have gratitude in your day um and also you know wildly pursuing your dreams um and don't be afraid to take massive imperfect action and i think that's one of the things that has helped me achieve some of those biggest milestones is i am afraid you know <laughs> and i'm stepping out thinking can i do this uh, you know is am i going to pull it off and just doing it anyway and knowing that it's not going to be perfect and that's okay and expect mm. that it's not going to be perfect but just continuing to push anyway um and yeah i would say yeah getting out your comfort zone and 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 don't be afraid to do that um so yeah for all the women out there just remember that you are amazing you can do it if you're starting in property I, I would say the best thing to do is get educated um get support i think when i was starting my journey i didn't really have a lot of female property um investors around me in my circuit um and there's a lot more now you know there's a lot of other women doing really really well waving the flag and i think it's really 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 amazing to catch some of their tailwind and um learn off of them and um you know remember that you know other people are, are there and can support you and you're not alone
I mean, there's so many good things there. I mean, just flipping back to one of the things you said, there is a gender thing that goes on, and I can say this because I'm a guy. And mm -hmm. but I have conversations with my wife, and she, my wife's quite senior in HR, so she mm -hmm. sees a lot basically. And the interesting thing is, um, we talk quite a lot about you know recruitment process, and you know she will say, you know, a guy will come in and basically say, I want 20% on top of that job offer or something to that effect. You, mm -hmm. you know, he's confident, he's bold, maybe a bit arrogant, you know, and just say, yeah, I won. Whereas a woman mm -hmm. in the same position, she just probably accept these are stereotypes, but this is also mm -hmm. her experience. And then mm -hmm. I saw it in action with her herself when she w went for a new role. And she wasn't, you know, and there was perhaps, let's say there was money on the table. <laughs> we were chatting mm -hmm. about it. And she was like, oh, you know, I, 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 can't, I can't go back and ask for more. And, you know, I, I kind of coached her to want for a better description, yeah. you know, to yeah. do that. And then she did and she got, and it wasn't quite the Clint Eastwood, mm -hmm. you know, foot on the throat thing. Um, mm -hmm. it, was, it was softer <laughs> than that. And she did it her way. And so, uh, and I think, you know, there is a gender thing. But equally, I think that yeah. what I'm trying to do with this series is kind of, one is to shine a light and a spotlight on women in property. But I think there are these little pockets of community around there, around mm -hmm. the place already. Mm -hmm. You've just mentioned one. I didn't catch the name, actually. What was the Facebook group, Tara? Um, so, yeah, it's my Facebook group called Wildly Simply Free. Um, and yeah, it is. It, it kind of encompasses my values, and also I, I, I give a lot of tips and um, share about what I'm going through in my journey, and also just encouraging um, people to, you know, step out and take action. Um, and I think, you know, as I, as you've quite read, rightly mentioned, yeah, we we don't as women. I, it is a bit of a stereotype, but. Yeah, we should be a little bit more assertive with the things we want. And that's one mm. thing that I've learned is to ask for what I want, you know, and if I don't get it, then what what have I lost? Yeah. <laughs> you know, nothing. Yeah. Um, and so I've 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 learned that. I've learned to um yeah, be quite confident in sharing what exactly the terms I want and how I want it and and not compromising on that. And I think that's helped that's helped me a lot, but I, but that's also come from having a lot of support and mentors who have encouraged me to develop in that area um so yeah I, as you said um richard yeah 100 percent. get that community you know um and get get the right support and and people around you and and don't play down your strengths yeah it's interesting that isn't it i think there's some research about how men um feel when they read job adverts and I think men generally feel like, yeah, I can do that. Whereas mm. women, when they read a job advert, they think, mm, I'm not sure I can do that. Mm. <laughs> Even mm -hmm. if they're equally qualified, which is really interesting. But yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you, Tara, I'll be joining the Facebook group. Um, so is it is it just for women, wildly simply free? Or is no, it... it's, it's not for women. It's for it's for anyone um, oh. who just wants to be inspired on their on their journey. There is a lot of women in the group, um, a lot of mums, a lot of people who probably relate to my story and my journey. Um, mm. But yeah, it, it's, it's just a really nice place to hang out and, you know, not not just talk property. Property is great. Mm. And I love crunching, going into the figures and showing what I'm doing on the ground. But also just to remember the other side of it, which is the balance side and, you know, making sure you, you, you take time for yourself and that, you know, things aren't out of kilter and you regroup and, you know, 
you um yeah you remember your why um so yeah it, it's a great group you're more than welcome to join um yeah, and, and yeah and sorry, it's probably the perfect time to ask you um if, if people want to get in touch with you i'm sure there'll be lots of listeners who um have been really inspired by your story and want to get in touch and um, what are the best ways to get in touch with you tara yeah, so obviously it's my Facebook group. You can ping me an email, um, tara at tarakoli.com. Um, and yeah, I'm more than happy to to have a chat, to arrange a virtual coffee chat. Um, and yeah, just to help anyone that, you know, feels as though they relate to some of the things I've said on here, just to connect, maybe bounce some ideas off if you're maybe lost your way a little bit or you just want some encouragement or you want to pick my brain. You know, I'm more than happy to put some time aside for that. Oh, that's really kind of you, Tara. And thanks so much for sharing your story. And I'll pass Thank over you to guys. Richard and say, say from me, bye for now. Yeah, thank, thanks, Helen. Um, I've ju- I'm looking at this phrase, and I think it's a real fitting way to maybe draw a conclusion. And you said, I am afraid, but I'm going to do it anyway. So yeah. I think, you know, the whole lean in kind of thinking, mm-hmm. um, it's mm-hmm. so poignant. And we've we've actually had several conversations, which you're not aware of, Tara, because I think we've only mm-hmm. so far released one of our interviews for the series, but we've had several conversations. And this sort of courage um, has been mentioned a few times. I just want to focus on that. And I want to congratulate you, Tara, by the way. So you had the courage, you stepped out, um, you had a big why. <laughs> And you made it happen. So and thanks so much for your offer to give back, by the way, um, that you, you mentioned right at the end there. And I know you've been doing anyway. Uh, and I've, I've managed to avoid talking about footballers the whole conversation. Which, <laughs> um, until now. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of thinking, I'm giving you a cue. If you want to talk All about right, football then. in your clothes, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah, no. So, um, yeah, my brother's a professional footballer. Um, he played for Tottenham, and he's gone on and, and played. He's playing in France at the moment. And um, yeah, it's it's been interesting um, working with some of the football investors that I'm, I'm working with at the moment. Um, and a lot of them, they don't have a lot of understanding about what to do with their money. So it's been it's been eye-opening for me to see um you know how that world works and who i guess um has who they trust to give them advice and um who has authority to make decisions on their behalf perhaps because they don't feel confident to so a lot of them are quite young and um yeah it's it's a very different world it's very male dominated um but i yeah i've 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 got quite a few um, investors who are footballers, and um, I'm I'm really happy that I've helped some of them when they were at their peak because some of them have, you know, they're no longer playing football, yeah. and I know that some of the property stuff that we've done is one of the main reasons that they've been able to have a half decent lifestyle now, um, and yeah, some of them have just needed a little bit of um, guidance on yeah don't spend it all yeah <laughs> well the stats... don't buy another car what yeah. are you doing <laughs> the stats bear out don't they because the number of uh, premier league footballers who go bankrupt is amazingly high compared to the rest of society so anyway i'm glad they're with you um yeah, yeah. so you know you mm. can give them that sound financial advice and that goes back to one of the first principles that, we, that you spoke about was kind of getting educated and especially getting educated around financial principles so um you know thank you so much tara it's been a pleasure talking thank you, Richard. it's been absolutely wonderful really enjoyed today and um thanks so much helen as well and thanks for having me on this podcast it's been great 
same here you're welcome and uh, <laughs> bye bye for now bye bye for now Well, there was so much there and, you know, it's quite a long discussion interview. I don't want to repeat everything, but Tara was uh, an amazing guest. I'm sure you'll agree. And she talks about uh, a wide range of different things and and her journey through property and what she's learned along the way. There's a couple of key things that stand out. Um, Now, she comes from a financial services background and I think that helped her. I'm not saying we all have to come from a financial services background, but we do need to be proficient in in financial matters. And that will help us perhaps becoming, you know, more confident um, and, and particularly if joining, uh, uh, sorry, talking to joint venture partners. So maybe that's something that sticks out. Uh, it's not necessarily that background, but just getting confident and having getting educated. And she does talk about that. She talks about role models quite a lot right at the beginning and also right at the end. So that was another um, uh, another key moment that came out of it. Of course, you know, the 18 months to get to financial freedom was uh, amazingly impressive. Um, getting a joint venture, co- uh, well, getting a contract in place with a joint venture partner is another key point, of course, that she re- she made, and I so agree with that. Doesn't matter if it's your best friend from school; uh, it's best to just put it in writing, is what I can say. But what was really interesting to me, and I do want to focus in on, is that how did she raise that first four hundred k in in JV finance? And she just did it by helping people, essentially. Uh, She was sharing advice and her knowledge on a property forum. That's how it started. That led to the coffee meet that she didn't really have time or didn't really want to go to, but she did it anyway. And that turned into her first joint venture partner and uh, the rest of his his history, if you like. So... um, but there was there was a key point about having confidence in yourself and, and being prepared, which is a recurring theme if you listen carefully to some of her answers. I like what she said about her own home. Uh, I'm not going to dwell on it because you can listen back, I'm sure. Um, the the systems and people side of things again was immense, and uh, you know she used the phrase systems, 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 but make sure you have the right people in place to manage those systems as well. So uh, you know it's the, not just the system; it's also the people to manage them. So they go hand in hand. And she gave a, lo- a long list of uh, systems and apps that she uses currently. Uh, they're in the show notes if you want to refer to them. But then there's quite a lot, I think, in terms of tips and uh, and principles. She talked about having you know balance to avoid burnout, keeping things simple, uh, learning to say no. I'm sure lots of people listening to this can be can resonate with that. And that was maybe particularly with women. That was Tara's suggestion, at least, um, but not exclusively so. And um, and and then she has this this mantra, if you like, of manage first, leverage second, and do last. So uh, in that order of sequence. And of course, the massive why that we've already talked about, which was the birth of her son. There's quite a lot of stuff right at the end. I thought I just want to try and capture if I could. Don't beat yourself up. Don't overthink things. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. Um, Have some quiet times of gratitude. And she refers to her Facebook group. I'm going to say it now, wildly, simply free. The links are in the show notes. And uh, there's quite a lot of good stuff that seems to be shared in there. Um, But knowing you're great, having gratitude, pursuing your dreams, and don't be afraid to take massive imperfect action, which I wholeheartedly agree with as well. If you know you're going to, it doesn't matter if you make a mistake, just do something. Um, But getting educated, have you know, surround yourself with uh, if you're female, female role models, but it doesn't have to be so, you know, just people who can get it too. Um, can be can be around you and uh, and if you don't ask uh, you know and, and even if you you know if you don't get what you ask for what have you lost so I think this courage 
Um, in fact, actually, that I want to say that. She said, I am afraid, but I'm going to do it anyway, which is all about being courageous and stepping out, even though you're probably going to make mistakes, even though it's probably imperfect, you're going to do it anyway. And I really admire that kind of line of thinking. So there you go. Quick summary. Um, Tara mentioned how to contact her. Tara at Tara Coley, excuse me, Tara at Tara as an email and the Facebook group, which of course uh, I've referenced wildly, it's simply free. And again, links in the show notes. So why don't you reach out to her or check out the Facebook group. Uh, she's a very powerful lady. I've known her for a couple of years and she's done some great things. So that's great. But that's about it for this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that uh, conversation and in this Women in Property series. Uh, if you want to talk about anything from today's show or just talk about property investing more generally, you know, you can email me or indeed Helen uh, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net and I'd be more than happy to hear from you. The show notes can be found at the website, thepropertyvoice.net as well. Just before I go, literally, I've had two guys reach out to me recently, at least two guys, that is, who've commented on some of the things in this Women in Property series uh, and, and, and saying what benefit they've been getting out of it. So I'm really pleased to hear that, frankly. I'm sure you ladies are getting lots out of it, but it's good to hear the guys are getting a lot out of it too. So anyway, that's just a quick final point before I leave today. And I guess all that is left to say is thank you very much for listening once again this week. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.